Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. More than 200 children were married off in 2021. That's according to Statistics South Africa. Most of them were girls. Now, a special rapporteur and social and health envoy from the African Union Commission is in South Africa to monitor and evaluate progress on how South Africa is performing in its campaign to end child marriages. So the crux of our discussion will be, to what extent do these child marriages affect girl children versus boy children, and how do we protect them from these as most of these are done clandestinely, if you could put it that way, in secret. Joining us on the line to unpack this issue, Dr. Shahida Omar, Director at the Teddy Bear Foundation. Doctor, a very good afternoon to you, and thank you for taking the time on Women's Day to join us. Thank you, and good afternoon to the listeners. Well, Doctor, as you've heard my introduction to this discussion, how bad is the situation in the country regarding uh, child marriages? So I think it's important to understand in the meeting with the African Union and, and people, you know, the, the organizations working specifically within the rural communities, particularly in the Eastern Cape and other parts of the country. Right. So the one fact that emerged is that the statistics that we have on hand are under-frequently reported, under-reported. And I think we have to bear that in mind. Right. The rural part has been a standard customary practice. We speak about Ukutwala, uh, you know, coercive Ukutwala, the forced marriages that we speak to, the violent Ukutwala with its abduction, kidnapping, forced uh, rape with young girls, and of course the romantic Ukutwala, uh, we talk about where the facts are not in agreement and it's an elopement. But I think we have to be very clear on the fact that this is a customary thing. And uh, okay. the simplified understanding of Ukutwala is actually uh, it, it's not new. It, it's something that has been existing if we go back to the colonial era in the 1860s and even uh, after that. So this has been a standard practice. So how, you know, the extent, the, 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 the nature, the shape and form of Ukutwala, yes, it does exist. And I think in the different communities, and, and there are nuances in the cultural practices which we need to acknowledge. We need to go back and a lot more research needs to be undertaken because the information that we have on hand is, is limited. It's not extensive. And I think this is something that really should be pursued in terms of understanding the extent of the abuse, because we know that the age of consent, legal consent for sex is 16, and a, a child of 12 years cannot give consent, and we're finding that 14, 15 and older uh, uh, girls are being forced into these relationships. So oh. I do believe that we need to, uh, of course, undertake more uh, in-depth research around this. Well, indeed, you, you're contending, as you've mentioned, as you've pointed out quite rightly, the traditional approach as, as opposed to the uh, modern-day, uh, shall we say, uh, yeah, the modern law that governs the situation. We have to contend with that. At the same time, you're, but now the concern now is the abuse that goes on with, within, these, uh, within these arrangements. Uh, what are we looking at there? Well, you know, as I said, age of 16 is the age of legal consent, so... Any person that is forced into a relationship, of course, we know the domestic violence speaks to that specifically as well. Right. Where, uh, you know, 
uh, any kind of ne- negative effects on the well-being development of the girl child or the female uh, is considered a harmful cultural practice and uh, a protection order can be obtained in relation to that or it can be reported regardless of the cultural practice because it's looking at the best interest of the child. And if a child is violated, we know that the be- promoting the best interest of the child means uh, to health care, safety, and protection at all times. And if that is being uh, transgressed, then under the Children's Act, it can be put constitute abuse, mm-hmm. uh, physical abuse, emotional abuse, and in the instances of sexual abuse as well. The victim would certainly fall under that ambit right. of being protected and covered under the Children's Act. So, Doctor, um from what you've outlined in relation to the article which I quoted from when I introduced the, the segment, what then, how do you view the rapporteur's task at the moment, looking into this issue in the country? Well, I, I was at a meeting with the rapporteur, and I think what the rapporteur outlined in that meeting mm-hmm. is that, as I've mentioned, that you know, we'll be getting fragmented information right. that probably does exist. It does exist. We do not deny or dispute mm-hmm. or dismiss the existence of Ukutwala and certainly violent Ukutwala and, and coercive Ukutwala. Uh, but a lot more work needs to be done in this arena and it's got to be done across the country. Sure. Because I think we are doing this in isolated pockets. Okay. All right. And of course, this extends beyond our, beyond our borders too, correct? Indeed, indeed. And if we look at, you know, the extent in Niger and in other mm. parts of East Africa, West Africa, the, the statistics are actually astounding and uh, really scary. Okay. So you, you mentioned you met with the Raptor as a director of the Teddy Bear Foundation, the foundation itself. Uh, just to conclude our discussion, what are your objectives or uh, expectations from this situation? Well, I think the objectives are that we need to find out what is happening on the ground. We need to give the voiceless a voice. Okay, have you are, have you begun that? Have you has anything begun yet? Uh, where would where do you not start? Yet, not okay, yet. I think that, that that is the way forward. Right. To actually, give the voiceless a voice to actually get to the ground, put ears, eyes, and uh, you know people on the ground to hear from the victims themselves to establish where the victims are, what kind of victimization, and how best support and address these cultural practices which are so deeply entrenched and normalized in many cases. I think that's what we need to also mm-hmm. understand. Sure. The abnormal has become normal for many families where yes. girls find themselves trapped in these situations and settings and cannot release themselves or find them or set themselves free from this kind of violation. Mm-hmm. We'd love to hear your take on that, on anything we've discussed on the program so far. Dr. Shaila Omar, thank you so much once again for taking the time on Women's Day to uh, just give us some background as to where the situation stands regarding child marriages in the country and beyond our borders, as I put it to her. She's the director at the Teddy Bear Foundation. Interesting conversations.